I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we are in 1 Kings, chapter 2. Solomon has just been awarded the throne from David, and Adonijah received mercy from God through Solomon. Boys ready to get started? Yes. All right. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son, I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Show yourself a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses. So that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now you yourself know what Joab son of Zariah did to me, what he did to the two commanders of Israel's army, Abner son of Ner and Amasa son of Jether. He killed them, shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle, and with that blood stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the sons of Barzilla, of Gilead, and let them be among those who eat at your table. They stood by me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember, you have with you Shimei, son of Gerah, the Benjamite from Baharim, who called down bitter curses on me the day I went to Manaheim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword, but now do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do to him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. Then David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, which is Jerusalem. He had reigned 40 years over Israel, seven years in Hebron, and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. So David was about seven years old. Not a terribly long life for those times. 
If you have to pick one memory from David's from David's life, Trey, what memory do you take? The first one that came into my head was David and Goliath. Yeah. That's what I best know him for. I think that's a good I think that would be for a lot of people. David and Goliath would be what came first. Mm-hmm. A victory of true resilience, of true faith in the Lord, of knowing your position, and of trusting in the Lord to deliver you. And a victory over an enemy, over a giant. Man, we need victory over our giants. This day and age, our giants don't look like Goliath. You know? They look like Corona. (laughs) They might look like Corona. They might look like some addiction. You know? Like alcohol. Or drugs. They might look like some perversion. You know? Like not waiting until marriage to find your wife and be with her. Yeah. Everything that the devil offers us is a lie, but these lies are giants. They're giants in our lives, and it takes a strong dependence on God to overcome them. But I'm just telling you, when you trust in Him, and no matter what, just continue on trusting in Him, As you slay these giants, you will gain confidence that you can slay more giants. That you will overcome. What about you, Brock? What do you think of when you think of David? What's the memory you think of most in his life? I think the same thing as Trey. Goliath. That is... It's hard to really pick anything else. I, I agree with you on that one. You know, I think the other big one is David and Bathsheba. People think about that. I'll just say that a lot of a lot of men have been there. A lot of young men, a lot of old men. They've been there. They've found a woman that was pleasing to their eye. And they've went after that woman, even if it meant that they had to commit sin to have her. And David committed great sin. Because he wasn't battling with the Israelites where he was supposed to be in the time where kings go off to war. He was on the sidelines. Wandering on the rooftop. He was idle. He didn't give his thoughts to the Lord. He didn't make his thoughts bow in obedience to Christ. Remember the verse, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. It's important to do that right away. We know that he suffered tremendously, but we also know that he did receive the grace of God. He deserved, he received the unearned, undeserved favor of God over his life. Simply because God loves him. And God chose to forgive his sin. And we have the same offer through Jesus Christ. I think those are the two most notorious stories of David. Mm-hmm. We'll move on here in verse 13. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Bathsheba asked him, Do you come peacefully? He answered, Yes, peacefully. Then he added, I have something to say to you. You may say it, she replied. As you know, he said, the kingdom was mine. All Israel looked to me as their king. But things changed, and the kingdom has gone to my brother, for it has come to him from the Lord. 
Now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. You may make it, she said. So he continued, Please ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you to give me Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied. I will speak to the king for you. When Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to her, and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. Do not refuse me. The king replied, Make it, my mother. I will not refuse you. So she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given in marriage to your brother Adonijah. King Solomon answered his mother, Why do you request Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? You might as well request, request the kingdom for him. After all, he is my older brother. Yes, for him and for Abiathar the priest and Joab son of Zariah. So what King Solomon is basically saying is, listen, even though David was never intimate with Abishag, she was like a wife to him, taking care of him when he was in his older years. Do you remember that? Although he didn't like have kids with her or anything like that, it wasn't like that, but she was still like a wife to him in that she took care of him. King Solomon sees this move from Adonijah as an effort to kind of claim one of the king's wives, King David's wives, as his own. It's, it's more of like a statement than anything else. Adonijah trying to carve out his own little piece of being king. And King Solomon kind of sees the, the move, the tactics of the move, and says, No, you may as well give him the whole kingdom if you're going to start giving him my dad's wives. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Adonijah does not pay with his life for this request. And now, as surely as the Lord lives, he who has established me securely on the throne of my father David, and has founded a dynasty for me as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon gave orders to Benaiah son of Jehida, and he struck down Adonijah, and he died. To Abiathar the priest, the king said, Go back to your fields in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not put you to death now, because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David and shared all my father's hardships. So Solomon removed Abiathar from the priesthood of the Lord, fulfilling the word the Lord had spoken at Shiloh about the house of Eli. When the news reached Joab, who had conspired with Adonijah, though not with Absalom, he fled to the tent of the Lord and took hold of the thorns of the altar. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. Then Solomon ordered Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Go, strike him down. So Benaiah entered the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king says, Come out. But he answered, No, I will die here. Benaiah reported to the king, This is how Joab answered me. Then the king commanded Benaiah, Do as he says, strike him down and bury him, and so clear me and my father's house of the guilt of the innocent blood that Joab shed. The Lord will repay him for the blood he shed, 
because without the knowledge of my father David he attacked two men and killed them with the sword, both of them, Abner son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of Judah's army, were better men and more upright than he. May the guilt of their blood rest on the head of Joab and his descendants forever, but on David and his descendants, his house, and his throne, may there be the Lord's peace forever. It says, Joab had spent his life trying to defend his position as David's commander. Twice David tried to replace him, and both times Joab treacherously killed his rivals before they could assume command. Because Joab was in service, in his service, David was ultimately responsible for these senseless deaths. But for political and military reasons, David decided not to publicly punish Joab. Instead, he put a curse on Joab and his family. Solomon, in punishing Joab, was publicly declaring that David was not part of Joab's crimes, thus removing the guilt from David and placing it on Joab where it belonged. It's kind of a rough chapter. Yeah. I guess there's just a lot of reckoning coming with different people who are who basically put power and politics over service to the Lord and commitment to their... What do you think, Brock? What? About anything. Do you have any thoughts? No. What about you, Trey? Not really. Okay, well, I'll keep going. So Benaiah, son of Jehida, went up and struck down Joab and killed him and he was buried on his own land in the desert. The king put Benaiah son of Jehida over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abiathar with Zadok the priest. Then the king sent for Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, but do not go anywhere else. The day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, you can be sure you will die. Your blood will be on your own head. Shimei answered the king, What you say is good. Your servant will do as my lord the king has said. And Shimei stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves ran off to Achish, son of Makkah, king of Gath, and Shimei was told, Your slaves are in Gath. At this he saddled his donkey and went to Achish at Gath, Gath in search of his slaves. So Shimei went away and brought the slaves back from Gath. When Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned, the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you? On the day you leave to go anywhere else, you can be sure you will die. At that time you said to me, What you say is good, I will obey. Why then did you not keep your oath to the Lord and obey the command I gave you? The king also said to Shimei, You know in your heart all the wrong you did to my father David. Now the Lord will repay you for your wrongdoing. But King Solomon will be blessed, and David's throne will remain secure before the Lord forever. Then the king gave the order of Benaiah son of Jehida, and he went out and struck down Shimei and killed him. The kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. So really this was a chapter about sort of purging, purging the government in place and the leaders in place of the corrupt ones that were not following the purposes that the Lord had established them for. Understand? Mm -hmm. And they had been working against David and his household, and David had made a promise that 
the descendants are sorry the Lord had made a promise to David that his descendants would be on the throne forever and who ultimately fulfilled that promise Solomon well no Solomon came the Lord Jesus 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 came from Mary Mary came was in the lineage of David that's yes there you go was in the lineage of David so Jesus is the king forever so David's descendants will be on the throne forever because Jesus will not be replaced. God is always working to set things up for the Messiah because he loves us and he wants us, he needs us to be forgiven. If, if, if we can be saved, we have to be forgiven, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with me in that one. Kind of not, not the best feel good chapter, but that's life sometimes. There's no guarantee every day that you're going to have a good day. It's true. Sometimes I have bad days. Yeah. And that's okay. Right? That doesn't mean the devil's in control. Doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Everybody has bad days. And we are never guaranteed that every day is going to be a good day. All right, boys. Let's get some sleep. I love you. I love you too. You guys are good kids.